not long after Natalie had met Kazam, fate must have been bored and in need of a good chuckle, so he decided it was time to throw me back into love's cauldron. As I headed home after a particularly exhausting day at the hospital, I found myself seated beside a man named Jake on the transit system. His rugged hands and broad shoulders spoke of hard labor, but we struck up a conversation that was as unexpected as it was effortless. There was an immediate connection, a meeting of minds that transcended our different backgrounds. Jake Turner was a proud, working-class guy, a mechanic who could fix anything that had an engine. His eyes shone with a raw honesty that drew me in, and I found myself captivated by his accounts of fixing broken-down cars and motorcycles. It was crazy, as this was not my bailiwick whatsoever, but I was surprisingly fascinated by his stories. I gave Jake my business card before I got out at the next stop and with a smile, asked him to call me. Well, he did. And despite our different worlds, our bond soon deepened. We started spending more time together, and dating soon became a relationship. Natalie, of course, was thrilled that I had met someone, but nevertheless had to toss a barb my way when we were out for dinner. So, you kinda have a type, Cass, she said with a smirk. What are you talking about? I said indignantly with a twinkle in my eye. Come on, Cass, you go for the rugged, good-looking guy with the movie star smile, and who may or may not have any depth of character. I threw my napkin at her, but then started laughing. Yeah, I guess I kinda do. And I keep falling for men who aren't quite what they seem to be. What's that all about? Natalie thought for a moment, then replied. Kazama's much the same. He isn't quite who I think he is, but whenever I try to dig deeper, well, we kind of get distracted. Really, Nat? I scolded lightheartedly. Did he just give in to your baser instincts? I did tell you he was very good looking, didn't I? She said with a wink. So the solution we landed on was we would double date and attempt to decipher the other person's partner. And after several times out with the four of us, I could certainly see that what Natalie saw in Kazem's eyes was indeed slightly off. He was definitely hiding something, but neither of us could pinpoint what it was. Be it sadness, anger, infidelity, we just didn't know. And any time we tried to delve deeper, we were met with a very sophisticated vagueness that really didn't give us any answers into Kazem's background at all. On the other side of the ledger, not quite like Jake saying he was like a diamond in the rough, with the only awkward moment coming when the bill came, which was quickly and easily resolved when I looked after it. However, as the months went by, a shift began to take place. Jake's previous admiration for my dedication and career success started to turn into something darker. It began when he would casually make comments about the luxurious lifestyles of the wealthy, hinting at how much easier life would be if he had more money. But then, it morphed into some jealousy over my career and the apparent monetary benefits it brought me. I wasn't too thrilled with this change in Jake, a man who had once cherished the simple pleasures in life. One evening, as we sat in a cozy cafe sipping coffees, Jake broached the subject more directly. Cass, don't you ever wish we had more? More than just the everyday grind? Imagine the things we could buy, the things we could own, you know fast cars, swimming pools, stuff like that. I stared at him with growing concern. 
for sure, money is nice to have, Jake. But I've always believed that happiness isn't tied to material possessions. It's about the people we love, the experiences we share, and the difference we make in the world. But Jake's desire to become more affluent continued to grow. He took on extra shifts, began reading about investments and quick money schemes. And soon I hated the constant conversations we had about ways to increase wealth. The notion of cash is king began to erode the foundation of our once strong connection. One day, I received an invitation to an extravagant gala hosted by a prominent hospital. It was a chance for me to network with influential doctors, to learn more about best practices for patient care and new surgical techniques. But when I shared the news with Jake, his reaction was resentful and angry. Another one of those stinking rich people gatherings, huh? His tone was acidic and biting, his eyes devoid of the warmth that used to characterize them. Jake, it's not about the wealth. It's about making a difference. It's about improving patient outcomes, I explained, hoping he would understand. But Jake's response was even more sharp and combative. You're always talking about making a difference, but it feels like all you're doing is chasing after money, just like everyone else. I was as angry as I'd ever been in my life. If I was a cartoon character, my face would have been violently red with blasts of steam coming out of my ears. I calmed myself just enough to say, that may be the stupidest thing anyone has ever said to me. There's the door. You can see yourself out. A few nights later, and after a particularly intense argument, I found myself gazing out of the apartment window and realized our values were now worlds apart. Our clashing priorities had become an irreparable divide, and my feelings for Jake had changed. Jake, I said, I care about you, but we're on different paths now. If you really believe that all I'm doing is chasing money like everyone else, then you don't know me at all. Would Jake ever understand that money can't buy you love? That money can't buy you everything? I sincerely hoped that he would come to focus on things that truly mattered. But I wasn't going to stick around to find out.